Father, thank you so much for this day, Lord. Just thank you so much for everyone that decided to show up today, uh, Lord, whether it is their you know, a millionth time coming here to the remnant, or this is their very first time, Lord. Just thank you so much for bringing them here, Lord. I ask that you just open hearts today, open eyes. Let them hear your word, Lord. Let them walk out of here different. Thank you so much. In your holy name we pray, amen. So this idea came to me about the idea of meeting up. And the reason why it came to my mind was because I realized in my own life, like, what does the idea of meeting up mean? The reason why I decided to name this sermon Meet Up was because it kind of sounds, it, it, at face value, like, what do you mean by meet up? Like, like, you know, we meeting up at, like, you know, the roller rink? Are we meeting up at, like, you think of all these, all these places, right? <laughs> roller rink. What a lame That's what came to my mind. That just hit me. I was like, why is the first thing I thought of as a roller rink? But, uh, you know, I kind of wanted it to kind of be like, oh, what does that mean? Does he mean, like, oh, like, we're going to date somebody? I'm like, that's not what it means, but I wanted you to think that. So... Here, we at The Remnant, I always like to address a lot of my sermons to our church, our people, The Remnant. I mean, yes, it can apply to the church with a capital C as Christianity overall, but I like to also address you guys directly, and myself included. I think that we, The Remnant, we love community. I think we do. I think, you know, if, if you've come here for a long time or, you know, you've heard, you know, uh, you've heard some of us speak up here, you know that we, we like to really value community. We think it's very biblical. We think it's important to be in community with each other, be together, live life together. Here's the thing. I think that we, the church, the remnant, I think we settle for a half-hearted version of what it really could be. If you've heard us talk about community, we like to use the reference of Acts Church. You know, we're like, we want to be Acts 2 Church. You know, that's what we say. Do I believe that is possible? Yes. I definitely think that is possible, because why would God show us what a church can look like and then not give us the ability to do it? So I believe we can do that. The problem is, it requires us to not settle into normalcy, and we must, quote, meet up. So this message does not focus on community as a whole. So I want to get that straight before I go any further. This is not just about community overall. This is about a very important aspect of community and relationships. So I'm going to tell you guys a story, and it's kind of it's a personal story about me. And... It's about my life and kind of where I'm at even currently, uh, just, you know, my relationships, you know, the struggles I've had, and really what happens when we don't meet up. Like, this is just a direct, you know, I guess, story of because I decided to neglect that, what happened. So for a long time, you know, when I first started coming to The Remnant, you know, I was very drawn in by, by the community aspect of it, by people that just, they, they loved me. I mean, they came in and they just treated me as if I'd been here for years already. And that really spoke to me, because I had never been to church before it. And I, you know, I was always open to it, but I was like, I don't really understand how this works. And they showed me something that I didn't understand was different, but anybody I've ever talked to goes, this is different. So I was like, oh, this is cool. All right, so I get to be a part of something different. That's awesome. The reason why I brought up normalcy a second ago, though, is because I did the same thing that we all tend to do. I, I made it normal. I started to take for granted the community that I was, I was given. God got me, God put me in this church and I started to take that community for granted. I formed relationships. I have a lot of good friends here. You know, they're family. I consider this place family. I love these people. I mean, this is my life. I love it. You know, I'm not originally from this town. So, like, you know, my family's not here. This is my family. But, again, I took it for granted. You know, as time went on, the years went on, you know, I had plenty of, you know, hard times and good times. And at the end of the day, whenever the hard times came, 
there would be times where I would do what was biblical. I would go to people. I'd say, hey, this hurt me. Or, hey, you know, did I hurt you? But eventually, normalcy kicked in, and I stopped. I stopped doing that. And what it formed was bitterness. I became a bitter person. I can still get caught in bitterness now to this day. I can think that, you know, it's not worth going to people because of all these reasons. But then there's still that little voice in my head that says, like, I, I, I think evil of them. And that's not right. That's not, that's not the heart of God. Distance was starting to become created. I was distancing myself from people because maybe over here, you know, hey, you know, this person hurt me, so I'm going to go over here. Well, this person now has hurt me over here, but I'm not going to say anything to either one of them. So now I'm just running around trying to find someone else to go to, and before you know it, you're alone. I put walls up. I decided that it wasn't worth doing what the Bible told me to do. There was no actual conversations being had. And what I mean by that is, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the idea of, you know, well, what's, what do they call it? My, brain's, my brain isn't working today. Um, surface level, there we go. You guys know what I mean by surface level conversations? Right, where you go, hey, how you doing? Good, you, cool, move on. Didn't really actually get to know how that person's doing. Didn't really get to actually hear them. You didn't see them, and they didn't see you. And, and, and there's this weird contract that's made that goes, that's okay, and we move on. Without facing the fact that you're lonely, that you're hurt. That's what I was doing, and I still do a lot. I was having no actual conversations. There's tension. I could feel tension. Even now sometimes, right, walking around like, I can look at my life and the mistakes I've made, and I can just walk around and look at all of you and go, man, like they just, I'm a fraud, and they know it. But I'm not going to say anything, and they won't say anything either, right? That, that's, that's the lie I tell myself. I go, man, they, they think different of me, but I don't, I don't do either one that the Bible says. I don't go to you and say, hey, do you think different of me? Or I don't go, hey, I feel like, I feel like you're thinking different of me. I don't do either one. It's led to resentment. For me personally, I've had resentment towards people in here. Um, I've had doubts. I've doubted people's hearts. I've doubted the mission. I've doubted a lot. Just because I didn't decide to do what was biblical. And it affected me. And like I said earlier, it left me alone. I was by myself. Maybe I'm in a room full of people, but I'm alone. And at the end of the day, I was sinning. And that's, that's kind of what I want to show you guys today is how important it is to take the, just these two aspects of community seriously because it can affect your entire life. To be in a relationship with others is a daunting and ever-moving task. Ever-moving. You're always moving. It is something you must truly want. You have to want relationships with people because if you don't really want it, it's going to fall apart. If you don't truly want to invest in a relationship with somebody, it is not going to last. Either you're walking away first or they are. You won't stay together. Or you'll, quote, stay together, but you'll be 20 miles apart from each other. Distance. In relationships, there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be arguments. There will be times of friction. You will be hurt by somebody and you will hurt somebody. It goes both ways. How do you handle it? 
That's the biggest thing today. It brings me to my first verse we have, which is, this is going to focus on the first aspect of what I've been talking about. What do we do in situations where there's a disagreement, where there's tension, where you're unsure? This is Matthew 18, 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Stop right there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set a little precedent right now because I know, especially this is, this is for remnant folks specifically, you guys have gotten used to this whole Matthew 18 thing and you try to use it as a weapon. It's not a weapon. It's meant for restoration. It's meant for you to go to somebody and say, hey, you wronged me. You're supposed to seek understanding. You're not supposed to throw it at them and go, I'm Matthew 18-ing you. It's not how that works. It create, if anything, you're further, you're further pushing the tension. You're further pushing, like, why would somebody want to be a part of that? So I just want to make that clear. So why don't we go to others and tell them that we feel wronged? Because there's a lot of reasons why we don't do it. First one, anxiety. Got a lot of anxious. Who's an anxious person in here? <laughs> it's a lot of people. Me too. I get it. I'm, I can be pretty anxious. You guys let anxiety run your life so often. Sometimes you're so used to it, you don't even realize you're doing it. Here's the thing. We cannot let our anxiety dictate what we do and don't do when it comes to the Bible. It's not an option. This verse doesn't say if you feel like it or if you're not anxious, do this. It doesn't say that. I have a quick question real quick before I go any further. I meant to do this earlier, and I, I forgot, so I want to do this now. This week alone, just this week, how many of you have felt wronged by somebody? Raise your hand. You have felt wronged by somebody. Okay. Now raise your hand if you feel like you have wronged somebody this week. Okay. I tricked you. I have something for later. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. So yes, further going on now. Yes, we let anxiety often dictate whether we want to tell someone that we feel wronged. Another one is fear. Fear and anxiety are very similar to each other. I think fear is different from anxiety in the fact that we don't know what's going to happen. I feel like anxiety is worrying about the situation itself. Fear is more like, what's going to happen if I do this? What are they going to do? What am I going to do? Am I going to say it wrong? Which leads to my next point, their reaction. You're scared of how this person is going to react if you go, hey, this hurt me. Hey, I feel like you did me wrong. So then you decide not to. You decide to just keep moving on with your life, and you think, you think you're not holding anything against them because you're a peacemaker, or you are, you're, you're above that, and you're not. You slowly start to stack things without even realizing it. You guys ever had, you ever, you guys ever met somebody in your life, and the first time they, they did something like, you know, that you thought was weird or like wrong, you were kind of like, oh, I just kind of brushed it off, but then like a week later they did something again, or maybe they did the same thing, and you can just feel like, almost like your inner dialogue getting more evil as it's going. It's right, because it starts, it starts off as like you think you're doing the right thing. 
You're like, you know what? I am going to, I'm going to say, you know what? Maybe that's just, I don't, I don't agree with that. Whatever. That's the first thing. But then they do it again, right? And then you go, I can't believe they're doing that. And they do it again. And you're going, this person is ridiculous. And then it gets worse and worse to where you're like, I hope, oh, I hope something bad happens. I hope whatever it takes to stop doing that. And it's not in a good heart. You want bad for that person because you just let it sit, 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 and sit. Before you know it, you are just full resentment, full hate. Sometimes we don't want to go to people when we feel wrong because we think we are wrong. We think it's wrong to do that. Why do you buy into that? What does the Bible say? Are you a Christian? Is this real to you? Do you read the Bible? Because if you do, what does it say? It says to do this. So why, why would you listen to the lie in your head that says, I'm wrong for doing this? It's the complete opposite. Complete opposite. It's not a big deal. That's what you tell yourself. When this person annoys me, when this person does something I don't agree with, it's not a big deal. But like I said, that inner dialogue, man, it starts to become more and more evil as time goes on. And before you know it, you don't like that person, you don't want to be around that person, and you don't think there's any tension there, but there is, and they feel it too. It's not just for you, it's for them. They feel the same thing. People are not dumb. People notice when you're trying to avoid them. People notice when, when they come into a room that you, you tense up. They know it. I, I'm learning that myself. Peacemaker, like I said earlier, people want to be a peacemaker. They think like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to say anything because I'm just, you know what? I'm trying to keep the peace. I'm trying, you know, and you know, this is this is close. This is close to a mindset of of I'm above this, and that's dangerous. It is dangerous. You think it's not a big deal, you know? I'm I'm being I'm taking the high road in this situation. Yeah, maybe they made me mad, but you know what? I'm better than that. I'm better than that. I'm not going to address that. They don't affect me. You're wrong. At the end of the day, th- that verse, it's not meant to be comfortable. It's meant to restore. It's not meant to throw at somebody and threaten them. It's meant to restore. I'm probably going to say this every time I ever get the opportunity to preach a message. I'm going to say this every single time, which is Jesus did not say this was comfortable, ever. He said this is hard. They will hate you. I also have a verse. It's Colossians 3.13. This, this is kind of a further reason to follow uh, Matthew 18.15. So it says, Bearing with one another... And if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Why do I bring that up? Do you really think that you can truly forgive someone without taking that step? Because if you think you can, you're delusional. I'm just going to be honest with you. You can't. If you decide to not go to somebody with a problem you have with them, but you say, I forgive them, it's not true. You don't forgive them because you're not willing to do what the Bible says. You are, you're making your own religion. On the flip side, going to the other side of this concept, kind of like what I told you earlier, you know, there's two sides of this. So the first side was telling someone that, hey, I feel like you wronged me. You go to someone, you tell them. 
And if they and if they say, you know what, you're right, I'm sorry, you won them. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Let it go. Then there's the other side of it. We're called to be in constant communication with each other. So even in the event that maybe you don't feel wronged, but you feel someone may be holding something against you, it's just as much your responsibility to go to them as they are to go to you. It's just as important. Constant communication. If you feel wronged, go to them. If you think someone has an issue with you, go to them. Why? Because you are constant. I mean, how, you're constantly going to be in communication with people. You're going to know where they're at with you. You're going to know. You're going to constantly be going. Hey, you know what? It's all good now. But you actually mean it. You don't do the. You know. You don't do the. <laughs> you don't do the the junk where you say, "Oh yeah, it's all good now," and you walk away, and then you're like, "Eh, that's not really good." But you don't want to say that because then you're a jerk or something. Like this is meant to be constant, guys. And I know you don't do it. I don't either. This is Matthew five twenty three and twenty four. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Man, think about that for a second. If you've been here before, we tend to try to have altar every week. We have altar time, right? Where you can come up and ask for prayer. How many times have you came up here and asked for prayer for something without going to somebody and saying, hey, you know what? I felt wrong by you, or hey, do we have an issue? We need to figure that out. How many times have you done it? It says right there. What are you supposed to do? You're not supposed to come up here yet. You're supposed to go to each other. So again, I ask the question, why don't we go to others to see if we have wronged them. Embarrassment. You can't deal with the fact that you did someone wrong. It embarrasses you to go to someone and say, hey, you know what, I think I did this to you. Is that true? Hey, do you have a problem with me? It's embarrassing. You can't handle it. Pride. Your pride gets in the way. I'm above that. I didn't do anything wrong. What do you mean they have a problem with me? Even if someone, <laughs> yeah. Even if someone comes to you and tells you, we even have those times, right? So maybe it's not the person directly, but someone goes, hey, man, you know, so-and-so, is, you know, they, they got this issue with you, and you're like, you're so offended. What do you mean? And, the, and then you want to use, once again, you make, you make it selfish. You make it about you. You go, well, why didn't they come to me? Why are you coming to me? It's like, man, would you chill out, like, Focus on what you can do. That's what I mean. Oh. Blindness. You don't see it. So maybe, maybe someone does have an issue with you, but you're not willing to see past what, who you think you are. I would never do that. Somebody would. You know, someone, someone thinks that I'm being a passive-aggressive jerk. No, that's not me. I would never do such a thing. You can't be wrong. It doesn't even matter if you know you're wrong. You can't be wrong. There's some of you that are like that. There is. Even if you know for a fact you're wrong, you will do everything you can. You will make every argument in the world. I'm right. You're wrong. Is that biblical? Are you actually looking at yourself? Are you, are you understanding what's going on? 
And then you got the paranoid folks. Well, this gives them ammo. I can't go to them and tell them that I think they have a problem because maybe they can make something up and then before you know it, that's, that's who I'm labeled as. I'm the jerk now. So then you just, you just keep going along. Let that person be mad at you even, though you, even though you feel tension with that person. Maybe they're not doing their part by not coming to you, but once again, what are you called to do? It doesn't matter if they're coming to you. You go to them. Another thing, kind of, this kind of fits into the paranoid part too, but you fear that they're not going to tell you the truth. You think they're going to lie. You think that it's not worth doing because you're going you're to go up to them and you're already like, ah, this already feels weird and I don't want to do this. So you're going to go up to them and say, hey, you know, do we have a problem? And then maybe they say, no. And you're going to be like, I don't believe you. <laughs> right? That, that voice in your head that goes, man, they're lying. Or maybe they do tell you. Maybe, maybe they tell you something, that, but you think there's more. That's the problem. You don't believe in each other's hearts. So when you go to somebody with an issue and you say, hey, is this, an, is this a problem? And they say, yeah, you know, there's this little thing, you know, and you know, I don't want this. And, you know, they go through what they did, what they, they did what you want them to do, but you still don't believe it. You think there's more. You want to keep digging. Well, I think there's more. Take it for what it is. Let, let, this is something that convicts me and maybe it'll convict you too. Let the Holy Spirit live in them. And what I mean by that is like, let them live out of it. If you believe that person's a Christian, that means they have the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit's going to move in them. Let it. Believe it. We often think, we, we think so evil of each other. Honestly, we do. Because we don't even allow the Holy Spirit to move in somebody. We already cut that, like we cut that possibility off because of our own hurt, because of our own selfishness. Again, this is not comfortable. Just like I said last time, to do this is not comfortable. It's meant to restore. Why are these two things important to practice? So we have the idea of going to somebody with an issue, and then we have the idea of, of, of telling someone there's an issue. Why do we do those things? Hebrews 12, 14. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Think about that. Let that hit. You are meant to strive for peace with everyone. And if you don't, no one's going to see the Lord. How terrifying is that? Now, I don't literally mean like no one's going to be able to know God because you don't do this. No, I mean, and trust me, I have a follow-up verse that's going to explain that more, but it means that people aren't going to be able to, you're not showing people what this looks like. They're not going to know. How can people tell if you're a Christian or not if you don't follow these things? Which leads me to John 13, 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If you love one another, you do this. So then you have to face the fact that you don't love each other, which is hard. But here's the cool part. If you're willing to actually look, look at your life right now, take a second, look at your life and go, man, I don't love people. You know what the cool part is? You have two choices now. 
and I say this a lot, and it's true, you have two choices. You can either continue to not love people and just go down that same path, or you can recognize that, and in your heart, you know you want to. So then you repent, and you start doing what the Bible says. You have that choice right now to look at your life and go, man, do I really love people? And then you have to be, if you don't, you have to be willing to say, no, I don't. I have a challenge for you guys, and this is, this is, this is what I talked about. I kind of tricked you earlier. Um, you know, we tend to, like, we have an altar time. You know, she'll come up and play music and whatnot, you know, and you guys will come up for prayer, and we're still going to do that. But I have a specific challenge for you before you come up. Based on those of you who have raised your hands earlier, I challenge you to do what the Bible says. Restore relationship today. If there is someone in here, if there is someone in here that you feel has wronged you or that you have wronged them, go to them today. And once you do come to the altar, ask for prayer then. And then I have another challenge, because maybe some of you are like, oh, this is my first time here. I don't know anybody in here. Okay, that's cool. I still have a challenge for you too. If you have this with somebody who is not here, Go to them today. Go talk to them in person. Call them on the phone. Whatever you can do, make it right today. Do what the Bible says. You know, we talk about walking out of here differently every week. This is an opportunity to do something tangible that I'm directly challenging you on. And if you decide not to, where's your heart? What I say, this isn't comfortable. So this is, this is a moment for you, honestly. Every single one of you in this room right now, this is a moment for you. You get to actually see where you're really at in your faith. Are you willing to be uncomfortable? Are you willing to do the uncomfortable thing and go to somebody and say, I have wronged you, or hey, I feel like there is a problem. Oh, wait, that did the same thing. Or, or you express them that, that you are hurt. My apologies. Here's, here's the facts here. You will never, ever experience the true, full faith if you don't follow Jesus. And this is a direct commandment from him to do what I'm telling you. This is what he said. You will never have the full faith experience if you don't do this. You will never have true peace. How could you? If you're carrying around all this resentment and bitterness and not being willing to tell people where you're at with them. You won't have true peace. You won't have full relationship with people. You'll always have, there, there will always be a wedge. Always. There will be some sort of wedge in your relationship with people. Doesn't matter how big or small, there's still distance there. And people, you know that and they know that. There can be no true brotherhood. You know, Lionheart guys, right? There can be no true brotherhood if you're not willing to go to your other brother and say, hey, this is what's going on. And there can be no true love without this. Once again, John 13, 35, by this, all people will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is a direct way to show people how we are different than the rest of the world. And we don't do it. And then people go, why would I want to go to church? Think about it. What is, what is the... What is the reputation of the church with the capital C, the, 
to us, Christianity as a whole, what is it? Judgmental. Right? They'll kick you out. They don't want me. Do you guys ever feel that way? Even now here, do you feel that way? Yeah? I see some people nodding their heads. Why? Because you're not willing to do what the Bible says. Because at the end of the day, it starts with you. You can't change other people. You have to start with yourself. You set the culture. That's what we talk about a lot. You set the culture. You do what the Bible says. It doesn't matter if they follow it or not. She's going to come up and play some music a little shorter today. At the end of the day, I lay my challenge out to you. What are you going to do with it? You have an opportunity today to right some wrongs. Whether you feel you've been wronged or you think you have wronged, you have that opportunity today to make it right. So that is my direct challenge to you today. For those of you who are in here, maybe it's your first time here, I want to tell you the gospel. Because at the end of the day, that's the most important message. The gospel. You need to know Jesus. So in the beginning... God created everything. He created it perfectly. There was no sin. It was all good, and God said it was good. He decided to create man in his own image, you and me. He created us. And things were good for a little bit. We did good. We were walking in relation with him every day, and it was beautiful. But then we decided that we wanted to be God. We decided that well, we know, we want to know, we want, we, we, we want to be right. We want to be right, not you, we. We want to be right, not you, God. So we rebelled against him. And from that moment on, sin entered the world. And it's, it's, it's torn, I mean, you guys can see the world now. What does it look like, right? Strange times are happening. Thousands of years, separation from God. His, his creation has gotten worse and worse. Sin has gotten worse. But God did a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. He sent himself down in the flesh, his own son, Jesus Christ, into the world to save every single one of you. Jesus was real. He existed. He lived a perfect, sinless life for you. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what he had to do. And for those of you who don't know what he had to do, he died. He was crucified on a cross, the most painful way to die. And then he did an even more incredible thing. When he died, three days later, he rose from the dead. He defeated death for you. He bridged the gap so that we can have a relationship with God again. And all you have to do today, if you don't know, if you don't know him, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't believe in God, but you want to today, the Bible says that if you confess with your lips and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you'll be saved. You don't have to have your life cleaned up. You don't have to, that, that sin that you're thinking of that you do doesn't have to stop right now. This is a moment for you to decide. If you want this, then go for it. Grab it today. This is your opportunity. Like I said, 
confess with your lips, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. And for those of you that are saved, that do believe in Christ, that are, that are a Christian, that are, you're walking this out, I challenge you right now, right the wrongs, go to somebody. Because I saw a lot of you raise your hands. You can't hide now. <laughs> I, like I said, I tricked you. So she's going to be playing some music like she is now. You know, we're going to have people up here to pray for you. But those of you, those of you who usually come up here to pray for somebody, if you guys need to answer that challenge, go answer it first. If you guys need to go to somebody, do that first, okay? But there will be people up here to pray for you. So if you need prayer, if you don't see anybody, just give it a minute because they're they're figuring their own stuff out, okay? I love you guys so much. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to preach today. God loves you. Jesus loves you. Right your wrongs today. Have a good night.